0: Welcome, everyone, to the first chapel of the semester. It's so great to see you all in person. And chapels are just a time for us to gather as a community and to reflect and worship together. This time is led by a student ministry team. Um, and I am one of them, so I'm going to introduce myself. Uh, I'm Kristen. I am a junior. And then we have Eli Reimer, Rob Sanders, and Ansley Zoo. Got you. Um, and you're going to see us up here during the service. Uh, we're joined by musicians Cadence Lee and Victor Vegas, and we're excited to have them here. Thank you for being here. Today, we're excited to welcome Kathy Stoner, the candidate for our campus, campus pastor position. She will be sharing with us a reflection on the theme of compassionate peacemaking. Now, I'd like to invite Rob to do our prayer.
1: Good morning. Could you please uh, pray with me and uh, bow your heads and close your eyes if you'd like to. Well, Father God, we're thankful this morning for waking us up with the ability of our limbs and the soundness of our mind. We appreciate the opportunity to be on this side of heaven once again, because we know so many friends and family members who weren't given that opportunity. So we appreciate the fact that we're here with another opportunity to get right with you, get right with our peers and our friends and our family, and to better ourselves once again. Lord, we pray for this service. We pray that everything goes according to plan, that the word and the message is something that resonates with us and that we're able to use throughout the week, throughout the month, throughout the year, and for the rest of our lives. Father God, we'll continue to give you the glory and the honor and the praise for ever and ever. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. So this next portion of the service is music reflection. This is a time where you can pray uh, individually or meditate or uh, just reflect on the things that you're grateful for or thankful for while the music is playing. But um, whatever you would like to do, pray, meditate, be silent uh, and just think on the goodness of the Lord during this time as we uh, worship. So thank you.
2: heard me cry as I tell you all the reasons why this life is just too hard. But day by day, without fail, I'm finding everything I need and everything that you Of your heart, I realize it's true that you are. Respond to you in any way that's less than all I have to give. But by your grace, I wanna love you not with what I say, but every day in a way that my life is lived. Every time I breathe, I seem a little bit closer. I never want. Your heart realizes right. true that you are. when you is everything. Every time I breathe, you seem a little bit closer. I never want to leave. I want to stay in your warm embrace. Oh, basking in the glory shining from your face. Every time I get another glimpse of your
3: Today, I will be reading from Philippians 4, 9 through 19. Keep on doing the things that you have learned and received and heard and seen in me, and the God of peace will be with you. I rejoice in the Lord greatly that now at last you have revived your concern for me. Indeed, you were concerned for me but had no opportunity to show it. Not that I am referring to being in need, for I have learned to be content with whatever I have. I know what it is to have little, and I know what it is to have plenty. In any and all circumstances, I have learned the secret of being well-fed and of going hungry, of having plenty and of being in need. I can do all things through him who strengthens me. In any case, it was kind of you to share my distress. You Philippians indeed know that in the early days of the gospel, when I left Macedonia, no church shared with me in the matter of giving and receiving except you alone. For even when I was in Thessalonica, you sent me help for my needs more than once. Not that I seek the gift, but I seek the profit that accumulates to your account. I've been paid in full and have more than enough. I am fully satisfied now that I have received from Ephroditus the gifts you sent, a fragrant offering, a sacrifice acceptable and pleasing to God and my God will fully satisfy every need of yours according to his riches and glory in Christ Jesus.
4: Hello, my name is Ainsley. Um, I'm a senior and I'm a member of student ministry team. This fall I had the honor of serving as a member of the Campus pastor Search Committee. Um, the Campus pastor Search Committee consists of Dr. LaKendra Hardware, Dr. Gilberto Perez, Jr., Dr. Regina Shan Stoltzfus, Pastor Phil Waite, Kelsey McLean, and myself. If other members of the Campus Pastor Search Committee are present today, which I know they all are, please stand and give everyone a wave. Yes. Today, we'd like to welcome the Campus Pastor candidate, Kathy Stoner. Kathy Stoner was born here in Goshen, but grew up in Pennsylvania. She graduated from Eastern Mennonite in Harrisonburg, Virginia when it was still a college and earned her MDiv from Anabaptist Mennonite Biblical Seminary in Elkhart, Indiana in 2021. Kathy is mom to four mostly grown kids and lives in South Bend with her boss dog, Sheba. She is a member of Kern Road Mennonite Church where she taught junior high Sunday school for 20 years and was on staff as a youth minister for five. Kathy loves to cook, garden, read, and talk about ideas. As and is an avid bike rider and mechanic. She is fluent in Spanish and German, but knows full well that if you're a native speaker of either, your English is probably better than her attempt at your language. She runs with Shiba, plays tennis in a league, and challenges anyone to think of a sport or out, uh, challenges anyone to think of a sport or outdoor activity she's never tried or doesn't enjoy. Her alone time is important, but she tends to prefer company. For Kathy, the created world is a source of relaxation, grounding, and awe, and points to the goodness God wants for us all.
5: Thank you, Ainsley. It's good to be with you. Good to be together here this morning. I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. The first thing I think of when I hear that is, good for you, Paul. What does this even mean? In verse 12, he says, I have learned the secret of being content in any and every situation, whether well-fed or hungry, whether living in plenty or in want." To me, this sounds a little like Paul sitting in his jail cell, claiming to be superhuman, saying, Jesus, 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 to the walls. Who can do that, be content no matter what? I'd be joyful, too, if I knew that secret and I could live it every day, if I could feel it and believe it and believe that I was going to be okay, and everything was going to turn out. Think how happy I would be if I could live every moment of every day out of a sense of confidence that anything was possible because of Jesus in my life. The kind of confidence Paul exudes here is elusive, something we long for and don't often achieve. He points to Christ as the source of his strength. But how do we know what that means? Mostly, I relate to the jail cell, the feeling of being stuck, hopeless, anxious, not knowing how to go on, asking, who has me? How do I move forward? Why does change take so long? This year has been particularly difficult and challenging for most people. The pandemic has been the relentless backdrop to the mix of change, loss, challenge, and celebration that life usually throws at us. Many of us have been in survival mode, wondering just how we're gonna make it, much less how to be joyful about it. I grew up singing the old school chorus, I can do all things through Christ who strengtheneth me. I can do all things through Christ who strengtheneth me. We sang this over and over, in Sunday school, at summer camp, in church, and it sounded great. So comforting to be confident that I could do anything. But I never really thought about what it actually meant to be strengthened by Jesus. I feel like we can use some of that just about now, some of that strength. So today, I want to explore what this meant for Paul and what it could mean for us, because that's, that's important to me, that this connects somehow with what we're trying to do, how we're trying to be right with each other and with God, like Rob prayed. That's important. Otherwise, singing these lines is like us pretending to be superhuman and saying Jesus, Jesus, Jesus to the walls. I think it's pretty easy as Christians to say all these nice and comforting things, but not to really think about what they really mean. I believe that a relationship with Jesus is a source of power for our lives. But to unpack this text, we need to look at what Jesus meant to Paul. So to this end, we turn to his conversion story in Acts chapter 9. We didn't hear that read, but I'm going to talk you through the the bare bones of that. Paul is struck blind on the road to Damascus. And is led to a house where he sits blind for three days without eating or drinking. Now Paul has been responsible for the deaths of dozens, if not hundreds, of Christians already. And pretty much knows that he deserves to die now that he's at the mercy of the ones he's been persecuting. Remember, he's he's blind. He doesn't even really know whose house he's at but he's met by Ananias who puts his hands on him, not to strangle him to death, which most people would think he deserved, but to restore his sight and to allow him to be filled with the Holy Spirit. This amazing second chance is Paul's first encounter with compassionate peacemaking. This is Jesus at work among his people. The strength that Paul is drawing on years later as he sits in his jail cell for spreading the good news. Ananias, by faithfully seeing possibility in Paul that Paul wasn't even able to see in himself, offers Paul a chance to assume a whole new identity and a new name. He was Saul. And they started calling him Paul. And Paul takes this event and runs with it, following Jesus' example of nonviolent compassion to help others see new possibility in themselves. My friend and coworker, who I'll call Kim, at the Motels for Now project in South Bend Know something about being offered a second chance, a tenth chance, even. We work as recovery coaches for Oaklawn, offering services to people facing chronic homelessness, addiction, and mental illness. Kim has woken up in the emergency room after drug overdose 10 different times. She knows what it feels like to experience compassion after the disease called addiction almost took her life a whole bunch of times. A disease that our society so often blames and stigmatizes and punishes people for. Her experience and subsequent recovery, like Paul's conversion, powers her desire to give back and help others facing these barriers. In fact, in the past two months, Kim has saved the lives of two people by administering Narcan when they overdosed at the motel. This kind of love is the kind of love Jesus showed everyone he met while he was walking on earth. This morning I challenge us all to name the reality of this kind of love this kind of compassionate peacemaking, this kind of second chance as a way to understand Christ who strengthens me. We don't always feel this strength in the moment. Sometimes it's in hindsight or in a mysterious sense of the presence of Christ in the middle of something terrible. We experience the power of Christ in the body of Christ, the church, And the way people show up for us, like the church in Philippi showing up for Paul by providing intangible ways for his needs. The world's suffering, anxiety, depression, climate change, hopelessness, these things are real. But let's follow Paul and Kim in naming another reality, the reality of unearned Unconditional love that meets us in our weakness before we can even apologize or change our ways. This is how we can do all things through Christ who strengthens us. When we experience Jesus in a million ways that might not have Jesus' name written all over it. When we experience love we don't deserve and life when we're stuck in cycles that lead to death. Jesus' followers have access to hope and strength in the middle of life's seemingly hopeless chaos. But let's not pretend to be superhuman and sit around saying pious platitudes. Let's name the tangible ways that God's love shows up for us in the world and reflect that to others as hard as we can. Now, maybe you don't think of yourself as a Jesus-y person. Maybe church and faith and God and all that just aren't your jams. Maybe you can't imagine yourself even wondering how Christ strengthens you. If you find yourself thinking that you're not cut out to be a Jesus follower, you're in good company. Wasn't exactly what Paul was trying for, either at least not at first. But the good news is that here at Goshen College, no matter how you got here, no matter what your story has been to this point, you're surrounded by people who are captivated by the power of love in action, of compassionate peacemaking, who are helping one another pay attention to the ways this radical, undeserved love surprises us and changes us. Many of us are hanging on to our faith by our fingernails half the time. We have doubts and questions. We fall down. But we help each other up. I want to offer a challenge to you, an invitation I challenge you to expand your idea of what it means to be a person of faith, a compassionate peacemaker, and to look for these love stories in your own life. I invite you to be part of seeing and making these stories happen for others. And don't limit your search to four walls of a church, either. We encounter Jesus all up in the middle of the day today. Paul got surprised out on the road, on his way to trying to make some Jesus followers die. He turned around and built up the church just as zealously as he'd been trying to tear it down. Kim saw her second chance at life waking up under the ER lights. Now she's out at the motel saving lives and showing people recovery is possible. Where have you experienced forgiveness? A second chance. Where have you offered it? These love stories unfold everywhere. Members of the Goshen College community, I urge you to be active agents of compassionate peacemaking. Notice the love and hope you see around you. And use that to encourage others to do the same. Name these things out loud. Don't be shy. We do this following Jesus thing together. Everybody brings a little something different to the mix. And that's good. At the beginning of a new semester, we can tap into the strength that comes from our very own stories of undeserved love and second chances. Here is where we learn to say what it means to say I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Amen.
2: I invite you now to stand, if you are able, and join us um, on in the new hymnals on page 617 for One Piece Like a River, or as I know it, It Is Well.
6: Do I need it? The... Hmm? Or are we using this? We can just
2: use it.
6: Do you have the pitch? Oh, I'll go play it. Can you find the page then? Yep.
3: reached the end of a normal chapel service. May you go forth knowing that God loves you and is with you always. Go in peace.